Hello friends and welcome to a very special edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast, a historic edition of the Kings of Anglia podcast no less because as you may have noticed at the start of this there was no music, none of the intro music and there won't be any at the end and the reason for that my friends is because for the first time in KOA podcast history it's just me and the doctor today and we are, the, we're not rather, we're not the technical guys, we're not the upload guys, we are the talent aren't we Stewie, the talent that's what we are, um, well certainly you are. I think half of that sentence may be correct. <laughs> I'm the nonsense and sizzle. You're you're the talent and knowledge. And and Andy and obviously Ross are, are big game players and they also know how to do technical things and upload and add music and things like that, which we don't do. Um, but the reason we want to do this today, Son's music, is because obviously there's a huge game on Saturday. The biggest game of the season so far, Town at Sunderland. And also, Town have won an FA Cup game and they're through in the FA Cup. So we just want to reflect on that. Um, as I've already mentioned, and I've, you've already heard him, I'm joined by the Dr. Stuart Watson. Stewie, just to the old dot the I's and cross the T's, how are you, my friend? I'm I'm very good. Yeah. Yeah. Long journey back from Oldham on Tuesday night. The usual diversions on the A1 and the A14, but um, it was a win and it finished within 90 minutes. So all is good in the world. And you almost didn't get there either, did you? You were saying there was some kind of issue on the roads, and you... yeah, I don't know if that, how how much that affected the, the Ipswich fans. But I know the, uh, the the media team scraped in mm. just ahead of kickoff. There was an almighty lorry uh, blaze on the A1 on the way up, which uh, I know several people got got stuck in. So, um, but yeah, best part of five hundred Ipswich Town fans there at Boundary Park, notoriously one of the coldest grounds in the land. This this support base never ceases to amaze me. It really it really doesn't. So I'm I'm delighted that they got the win and they got a spectacular winner right in front of their noses towards the end as well. It, um, I think it would have been a pretty forgettable game had it not been for that moment. What's the goal? It was. Um, I think it was you. I was speaking to you. Told me it was a pig of a game, but a, a moment of magic. That sounds like something you'd say. Um, should we talk a little bit about the game then, Stewie? Is there much worth talking about other than the fact that Town managed to battle back? and get a win in spectacular style. Any notes from that? Um, first half was not good from an Ipswich perspective. I think cred- credit to Oldham. I'm starting to sound like a manager now when you go straight <laughs> to crediting the opposition. But, you know, they raised their game. And that, I cannot see over these two games how Oldham are second bottom of the Football League at the moment. So it must be a classic case of them enjoying the distraction of the cup. They've obviously got their fans protesting against the ownership. Maybe... They've just quite enjoyed getting away from the pressures of the league and have upped their game against Ipswich because they haven't looked like a team that's 91st in, in the pyramid over the two matches against Ipswich. In particular, the two sort of support men to the strikers, Barham Bula, uh, is looks a talented player from, from what Oldham fans say. He's, he's hot and cold, but he's looked quite hot in the two games against Ipswich. Keeler Dunn as well. And, that, and those two pressed well. And um, Ipswich looked... Disjointed, I think, was the word Paul Cook used in in the first half. He made seven changes hmm. to the team, and it looked like players that hadn't played a great deal together. At, but beyond that, they were just pretty sloppy and loose. And uh, you can't pin that on one or two players. It was all over the pitch. They were giving the ball away cheaply. Fully deserved to go behind when Oldham scored. And uh, and as people will know, it was a, a gift wrapped equaliser that came their way, which changed the momentum of the game. Second half was better, marginally better, without going overboard. I would say the second half was kind of the tail of the Oxford game mm. uh, in which Ipswich asked all the questions, 
worked in really good positions, but that final cross, that final shot wasn't there. To be fair to Oldham, defended well, good blocks, good interceptions, and it looked like we were heading to extra time until uh, Idi popped up with the, with his moment of magic. What a strike. What a strike. You don't see many of them. Um, I'd literally just sent an email to our production guys saying it looks like it's going to go to extra time and no doubt then penalties. We're going to miss the star deadline. And then literally like a minute later, I see that goal, which is fantastic. Makes our lives a lot easier as well, because that would have been a nightmare, friends. <laughs> even even when right at the very end, <laughs> Oldham got a corner and it yeah. had managed it really well, actually, after after getting that goal. It didn't feel that nervy. I thought the game management was pretty good, which is something we've kind of criticised Ipswich of in the early stages of the season. I felt quite comfortable right up until stoppage time when they got corner and up trots the goalkeeper and you're thinking, Ipswich no, in no. the FA Cup, here we go. <laughs> Um, and for a split second, it looked like it was heading towards said goalkeeper at the near post, but Ipswich Town survived and uh, and they're through. And it's a home game against Barrow yeah. um, with the greatest respect, a very winnable game against Barrow and get, get through that. And we're in the third round. I've forgotten what, what third round football feels like, to be honest. This is this is what we want, though, isn't it? You know, you win a game in the FA Cup, then you get a winnable game in the second round. And before you know it, you're in the third round. And Yes, there's a possibility of drawing a, a big boy, a Liverpool, a Man City, Man United, whatever. But more than likely, you'll get another potentially winnable game. Uh, and then you're in the fourth round. And then we're properly talking about a cup run, aren't we? So it's fantastic. And it, it adds to the whole kind of feeling around the club, doesn't it? That they've actually won an FA Cup game as well. Um, we saw a few interesting things on the pitch um, Tuesday. I know you said it wasn't the best of games to you, but we've seen some things we've been talking about before, maybe wanting to see. We saw Raheem Harper, for example, playing the 10 spot. We saw Wes Burns at right back. We saw El Mazzuni and Fraser as the deep midfielders. What did you, what did you make of um, what we saw on Tuesday from from various people? Um, where should we start? Rakeem Harper. He's not. When those chances are coming for him, I'm not convinced he's he's grabbing them with both hands. He's clearly a very talented player. There's a reason that he he got as far as he did with West Brom and got a few minutes in the Premier League. There's probably also a reason why ultimately they've. You know, he's, he's now Ipswich. He was in reach for Ipswich in, in the summer. His start of his Ipswich career hasn't ignited the, the way we hoped it would. Obviously, he got a good run at the start of the season, lost his place, now seems to be sort of repurposed further forwards. There's so much competition in that number 10 spot and I don't think he'll have given... I don't think he's uh, he's in the mix to be fighting for that number 10 spot on, on that performance. Scott Fraser, we talked about. How do you get Scott Fraser, the talent of, of Scott Fraser, such a proven mm. League One player with his goals and assists? How do we get him in, in the mix here with Ipswich? Because Selena and Chaplin have been in and out of, of the 10. That's where he wants to play. So Cook's tried him wide earlier in the season. More recently, he's played him deeper. This He didn't have as much of an influence in this game. Just getting muddled with the games here. So he, he played deeper in the previous Cup game, didn't he? Um and we talked about him looking quite silky and able to pull some strings from from deep. This was a little bit of a different game, as I say. Um, Oldham pressed pressed higher, and so we saw more of his defense defensive deficiencies in that role, shall we say? Because he's not the most all action, is he? You know, for all for all his talent. So I was starting to think maybe you could find a little role for him in that deeper position. But this game just put some question marks back there for me. So again, we're back to where where do you fit Scott Fraser into things? Burns was he's he's quite effective from right back. It'll be interesting to see 
going. I don't think that's where they want to play him going mm. forwards. Certainly not. We'll come on to Sunderland in a bit. I think they'll they'll want to utilise him further forward. But um, yeah, look, it's it's been okay the last few games. It's kept the it's kept the it's not built the momentum massively. It's it's not sort of ignited the feel good factor, but it's not killed it either. Ipswich are still in both cup competitions. And I think over the last 14 games now, they've only lost twice. Mm. It's a pretty, pretty good habit to get into, isn't it? 100%. How about Bailey Clements? Because, you know, you spoke a lot about him after the weekend. He was one of the main stories to come out of the Oxford game. Very impressive there in his full league debut at left back. He played again, which is what we wanted to see, we thought we'd see. How was he at Oldham on a, on a wet, cold night at Oldham? Um, okay, not as good. I don't think that you'd, you'd be getting the same plaudits from... From the Oxford game, I imagine the adrenaline was absolutely pumping for his for his league debut, and and he deserved all the plaudits that came from that game. This was a, a little bit of a case of sort of after the Lord Mayor's show on a on a wet night in Oldham, he was he was okay, no no more, no less. So it'd be interesting to see um, what Cook does with that left left back slot. Now we get back to uh, the league action at the weekend. Indeed. Uh, and just finally, before we move on, El Mazzuni, you said um, last week, I think it was on the pod that you and Hutchie did, that he's probably the closest thing in, in your eyes to a Sam Morsey replacement backup option. Um, clearly did his, his chances no harm at all with a fantastic goal. One of the best goals you're going to see this season from an Ipswich Town player. Um, he is really taking his opportunities when they come, isn't he? He is, yeah. I, I would say he had a pretty quiet game up, and, up until that moment. Um, but I, I do think stylistically he's the closest thing we've got to to Sam Morsi, who is one yellow card, I think, away from a suspension now. He, he mm-hmm. seems to pick them up every, every game, doesn't he, by the nature of the way he plays. So there's a bit more midfield competition now because Tom Carroll was back on the bench, which was good to see. I think people forget that he was starting to look quite good before before injury struck for him. But he's a, he's a different type of player, Tom Carroll, to to Sam Morsi in, in the same way that Lee Evans is a different type of player. So if you want someone to go in there and, and break the ball up and do the sort of Sam Morsi job, I think I do think he is probably the uh, the closest thing to them. And, and technically, we know going forwards, he's, he's very good as well. So um, he's deserved his contract. I'm really pleased for him. He, he's spoken about how much it means to him as a homegrown player, getting that contract, getting his chances. Paul Cook said he's been making it uh, well known that he's... he's He's been wanting to play. He's someone mm. that's, you know, despite the talent around him, he, he believes in his own ability, and I like that. And um, I liked his celebration as well. He sort of the the Ipswich players kind of had to give him a little encouraging shove in the back to go and enjoy his moment in front of those fans, and he just sort of stood and applauded them, which was which was quite nice. Really, there was no sort of arrogance in that that celebration. It was very very respectful of the the travelling fans. So. Um, yeah, well done, Eddie. That's what you're all about, isn't it, Watto? You're a very humble and modest man. You like to see understated celebrations. I like it. Um, any other notes from the game before we move on um, to talk about other things? Um, I don't think so. No, I think uh, we've, we've summed it up. It's a win's a win. Getting through was the main thing. It helped sort of change that narrative around the FA Cup. You look around the results this week and there was there was quite a few upsets in the end, wasn't there, with with Oxford and... Bolton, mm. um, Bolton, yeah, to Stockport. Um, I couldn't believe that. I, I switched it on when they were 2-0 up after about seven minutes and thought, oh, we've got 
there's no, no drama here and I ended up mm. watching something else and then I saw the result later on but yeah there was three or four league one teams went out to, to lower league opposition and it's nice for Ipswich not to be uh, making the headlines for the wrong reason for once. Absolutely and as your esteemed colleague Andy Warren told us once memorably a win is better than a loss. Absolutely. And that's what we got Oldham. We're through into the next round. Town are rolling into Sunderland this week. And before we get there Stu I want to talk a little bit about the fantastic success of the Pack Out Portman Road initiative. Um, obviously something that was launched to try and get bumper crowds in Portman Road over the festive period, especially for that huge Sunderland game at home on December the 18th. To say it's been a success would be an understatement. Um, already 20,000 plus tickets have been sold for that Sunderland game, which is mental because it's still, what is it? It's a month today, isn't it? 18th of November today. Um, and the players have been getting involved. Obviously the fans have raised no end of money, £12,000 I think it was for, for tickets, which is amazing. The, the feeling around the club is is everything that we wanted and didn't get in the Marcus Evans era, isn't it? There's a real kind of feel that everyone's in it together. Um, and, and this has just been tremendous. And you're actually speaking to, to Sammy Morsey, aren't you, later today, about how he galvanised the players to get involved as well. Yeah, I think he's, he's, from what I gather, he's taken on the sort of the captain's role of going, you know, he's, he was well aware of the campaign and, and how it had sort of taken <laughs> off. And he was the one that t- took it upon himself to speak to the rest of the squad and say, should we be getting involved in this? And um, from what I'm told, unanimously, they turned around and said, yes, so we'll, I'll find out a bit more when I, when I speak to, to Sammy later on. But there's just, I've not felt this sense of unity around Ipswich Town Football Club for, for quite some time, really. Mm. Um, there was obviously the, a, a major unity in around the sort of 14-15 playoff season. But that felt sometimes with Mick that it was a bit, not them and us, but you know, it, he used this sort of phrase of sort of you're either inside the tent pissing out or you're outside pissing in. And sometimes I think they sort of galvanise that sort of collective mm. internal spirit. But now this, it, it, the net has broadened and it's it feels like from ownership through to management, through to players, through to fans, everyone seems to be sort of fighting together. And I think that's such a powerful thing at the moment. And um, fantastic how that organically grew. Um, I think we had it a few years ago with with Carl Fuller, who's one of our columnists, sort of did a similar thing, said, I'll buy a ticket for someone who might need it. And, and it ended up snowballing from there. And exactly the same's happened this time. Um, forgive me, I can't remember the, the name of the chap who, who first tweeted about it uh, over the weekend, but that sort of seed has grown again. And, and mm-hmm. um, Richard Moss, I think it is, is, is really sort of taken that on and, and driven it. And... Um, Fair play, they've got 12,500 they've ended up uh, raising. So, um, fantastic. I can't wait for, for that game, uh, Sunderland. I, I think they've got every chance of getting to getting to 28,000, haven't they? That game's going to be something special. I mean, as you say, well done to everyone involved. Can you imagine, Stewie, week before Christmas, all the American owners over for the first time, Sunderland at home, the biggest game of the season. Ipswich Town v Sunderland is the biggest game in League One, probably. What a game that's going to be. Um, and it looks like, as it, as it stands anyway, that Town are hopefully going to be in a good run of form as well. Special times indeed. Um, and speaking of special times, let's look now to a special game this weekend. The reverse fixture, Sunderland away, just as big. Ipswich Town's biggest game of the season. I, I don't you can argue that. At Sunderland, Town going in, as you say, only losing twice in 14 games. Sunderland haven't won for six games. And there's some quotes out there from, from Alex Pritchard saying, we need to get a win. This is massive for us. Um, so, how are you feeling about this game this weekend? 
Um, and obviously the big question is, what do you do with the team? This is surely going to be the time where we see what Paul Cook thinks his best 11 are, injuries permitting. Um, so how would you approach it? How would you uh, select the 11? I don't think there'll be any huge surprises from Paul Cook. Certainly not. We know formation, what, what he does. Um, have... I guess the question would be, have any of the players, we talked about the door potentially being ajar um, for those for those cup games for people to take a chance. I'm, I'm not convinced that anyone's really kind of put their hand up and said, I'm, I'm in for, for Sunderland. I think it will revert back to, we know that's, you know, there's definites in there, Walton, Edmondson, I think it'd be Morsi and Evans back in, in midfield. Bon, we know, will play up front. And then it's, question marks of, of who plays around there. There's big, big selection headache at number 10 at the moment because if we're Chaplin or Selena or Fraser, if we're talking about that being his, his, his best, position, best position now. So that's a big one. Um, Aluko's probably done his chances. No no harm. Could he put a bit of pressure on, on Edwards potentially on, on the left? Maybe. Um, and then the fullbacks, as I said earlier, is as well as Clements did uh, last weekend, Do you go with him again. I would, I would suggest yes. I don't think he did enough to bad to drop out of the team. Um, so I think he'll probably go go with him again. Be interested to see how he does on such a, a big occasion mm. uh, in front of what will be a thirty plus thousand crowd at the Stadium of Light. And then I don't know how fit Kane Vincent Young will, will be. It was good to see him back on on the pitch on Tuesday night. It was a quicker than expected recovery from him, um, then you, you know, or, or Janoi Danassian, who might be seen as a as, as a safer as a safer option. So I'd like to see Cook go for this. Really, Sunderland, as you as you mentioned, are in a really bad place at the moment. They they made a flying start to the season. They've they've gone with quite a lot of youth this season. They've promoted from within. But Lee Johnson seems to be a manager that has these long drawn out. Sticky patches. I think he's had that at, at most clubs that he's been at, and uh, Sunderland are certainly in one now. I was having a little listen to some of the Sunderland podcasts earlier on this morning, and uh, it's real doom and gloom surrounding them. They got uh, thrashed five-one by Rotherham, three-nil by Sheffield Wednesday. They've gone out of the FA Cup to Mansfield after a bit of a, a goalkeeper howling that one, and then um, and then they lost to Bradford, I think, in the uh, in the JP uh, in the Papa John's Trophy. So. Um, this is a crowd, a big crowd that could be turned by Ipswich if they get off to a good start. And I'm sure Sunderland are looking at Ipswich's away results at Portsmouth and Wickham and, and are feeling quite nervy about this one. Yeah, this is, this is a game where you want to start fast, isn't it? The pressure is going to be all on Sunderland to begin with coming into this game, as you say, no form to speak of. But would you feel confident, Stewie? I know we've said that the Bailey Clements has done well so far, but this would be by far the biggest kind of stage of his career to start a left back in front of what I'd imagine is going to be pretty much a packed house at Sunderland. Hostile atmosphere, lads 21. Is there any any kind of argument there that maybe you look for the, the more experienced heads? Could you play Janor Dinastian over there, for example, and maybe bring Wolfie in at, at right back if KVY is not ready? Is that something you'd think about? Uh, possibly, yeah. I think that's something I raised a, a week or so ago about <laughs> moving Janoy across to left back or uh, even Kane Vincent Young. Both of those players have played a big chunk of football at left back. I know we kind of see them both now as, as specialist right backs, but um, yeah, I guess it would be, it would be harsh on, on Bailey after he, after he was 
probably one of Ipswich's best performers in, in in a team that kept a clean sheet against a very good Oxford side in the last league game. Tuesday night maybe he raised a, a couple of question marks that you can kind of you can have those big performances on your debut, but it will be a big test for the young man, no doubt about it. But um, I think Cook's a loyal manager, and I, and I think he'll he'll go with him. Um, looking at Sunderland, talking of fullbacks, that is their weakness. They've got a couple of really big injuries there in, in Denver Hume, who was their their left back, and, and Niall Huggins as as well. So. Look back at all their goals. When the Rotherham goals, the Sheffield Wednesday goals, they don't stop crosses. They seem to concede from every cross going. So I think that that could be set up quite nicely for Paul Cook's uh, wing play football with the marauding fullbacks and someone like Wes Burns really getting getting at someone like Sirkin. So that that I think is Ipswich's best route to to goals this weekend. Denver Hume, of course, our old friend Concussion, isn't he? From a, a season or so ago, Luke Chambers, Christian Concussion. Well remembered. <clears throat> um, that's a great name as well. So, back line then, we've got Walton, we've got Edmondson, we've got Enciala, we've got Clements at left back. Who are you putting a right back? Are you bringing Genoy in? Um, if it was me, I th- and this is really harsh on Bailey, I, I think I'd be going with Genoy at left back and KV yeah. Wyatt right back. I just think for such a big game, I'd be going with the tried and tested a little bit more. I know Janoy's not played left back for a little while. I guess that would be a risk in itself. Um, that's what I'd be looking at. But I think I think it will be Clements at left back. And then part of me wonders whether he'll go with Kane Vincent Young because I just think he gives that attacking spark and I think Cook will go there and want to get on the front foot. Kane Vincent Young and Burns down that right-hand side against arguably their more vulnerable part of the team. Mm. That's what I'd maybe be looking at. Exciting. Genoi could definitely play left back, mate. Genoi can do anything, as we've already established. So then you've got the, the old tried and tested duo in midfield. You've got Evans and Morsi clearly. And then up top, Bon nailed on. Burns, you'd imagine, nailed on. What about 10 and left wing, though? Because yeah. 10, 10 is a good problem to have, isn't it? They've got a lot of players who can play in that spot. And in Chaplin and Selena, they've both done well at times in that spot as well. And left wing, Kyle Edwards clearly a mercurial talent, but not providing the end product at the moment. So what would you do there, Jim? What do you think Cook will do? I think part of the consideration needs to be if you are going with Bailey Clements at, at left back or indeed Matt Penny, who we've not discussed. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if he'll suddenly be elevated back into the team, but Paul Cook did talk about he will get his chance again and it's about getting back on the horse and riding the horse once you've fallen off. But whoever plays, if it is Clements or Penny, who you'd be... Slight question marks over both in terms of, you know, big occasion for Bailey Clements or, you know, getting back to form for Matt Penny. I think you need to have someone that's going to provide that a little bit of defensive cover in front of them. And arguably out of all the, the left-sided players, Carl Edwards probably works the hardest defensively and maybe provides that cover a bit more. So that that might come into the reckoning. He's also that sort of direct running type of winger. Mm. And if we've talked about Sunderland not stopping crosses and being a bit vulnerable there, Carl Edwards, for me, would still get the nod. I know he's his end product now. People are starting to say, how long do we go into the season before he's got to start as exciting as he is? He's got to provide an assist and get a goal at some point. But I think that all of those qualities that I've just mentioned might see him just just get the nod again for, for this one. Um, but Sonia Luco is probably another option. You could play Chaplin wide left if, if you really wanted to, who... Uh, but I think that they all tend to want to drift inside. And I think this is a game for kind of paint on your boot wingers, get at the fullback situation. So Kyle Edwards for you. What about the 10 though? 
Um, for this sort of game, Chaplin's energy would maybe seal it for me. He's a goal threat as well. Mm. I think you know he scored the most goals out of those number tens. He's he kind of plays as a pseudo striker in that in that ten position. Selena's talented, no doubt about it. But I think at times he has quiet spells in games. You're waiting for him to come alive. His his passing game was well off it in the. Uh, I keep forgetting the game that was before. What was the previous cup game, Mark? Before Oldham, before Oldham, Colchester. Colchester was it? EFL Trophy. Yeah, they all bl- they're all blending into one a little bit. You've forgotten the, cha- uh... the Chambers Bowl. You've forgotten that. <laughs> was it Ox- Oxford where Selena's passing was a little bit off, wasn't it? Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, it's Chaplin, probably just for me, with Selena to maybe come on and be the man that uh, could come on and do something off the bench. So, just for the record then, Stewie Watson's side for Sunderland is Walton in goal. Who did you decide in the engineer at left-back? KVY. KVY at left-back? Oh, sorry, left-back. Normally, I go from right-back. Left-back of... Is this my team or the team we're this predicting? Is, this, is, this is your my team. My team. Jay, your team. at left-back. Yeah. Toto and Edmondson, centre-half. KVY, right-back. Morsey and Evans. Burns, Chaplin, Edwards, McCauley, Pond. Yeah. And how are we feeling, Stu? Clearly, Town have had some big away wins already this season. This would be by far the biggest win if they can go to a packed, raucous, hostile stadium of light against one of the, let's be honest, the, the other biggest side in, in League One, um, Sunderland. If they can go there and, and win this, this would be massive, wouldn't it? How are you feeling? And can I attempt a prediction out of you? <clears throat> First and foremost, just excited for the game, as I have been for all the games, because for all the reasons that we discussed, there's it's a team that can score goals that is capable on their day of, of those Portsmouth and Wickham results. Little bit wary that whenever you play a team that's kind of out of form, it's always felt the way in the past that Ipswich is the team that gives a leg up to someone that's struggling. Mm. So that's another little narrative that Ipswich could change. And they are starting to change these one by one, the FA Cup win being one. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I think in general, you've got to objectively look at it. Ipswich are a team that are on the up, slowly but surely. I think defensively, they're looking stronger. Sunderland are in a really bad place at the moment. And I think you could you could turn that, the start of the game, it's the old cliche, the first goal, who starts best is, is going to be massive. Because if you can quieten that crowd and indeed turn them against mm. their own side, um, that could be a really good... Another really good away day for for that travelling support who will be there in in their numbers again. And we have seen clearly on the uh, the old Sunderland documentary that when that crowd turn, they do turn and they they can turn quite quickly. So this is a game, isn't it? A classic kick them in the mouth early, punch them in the mouth early um, game. Come out of the blocks storming, put them under pressure. Hopefully, get an early goal. Give me a prediction, Stewie. You talked all around the houses there. You said you feel good. You said what might happen. Tell me what you think will happen. Uh I'm going to go for an Ipswich win. Yes, come on. We can't predict Ipswich wins at, at the moment. Let's go for it. I'm going to say 3-1 to Ipswich. 3-1. Three, three, wow. Now that would be good. Um, and, and you see it as, as Town being up 
and then maybe a late goal. So they're they're sort of three up and, and cruising and conceding a late goal. How do you see the, well, you, the goal? You want goal? the breakdown of the game I want as everything. well. Um, I think Ipswich will <laughs> score midway through the first half. Sunderland might get an equaliser because I think they, they do score goals, Sunderland, yeah. and you can't ignore that they're early form at the start of the season. Ross Stewart is only a goal behind Macaulay Bond, a real talent mm-hmm. for them. Nathan Broadhead on loan from, from Everton, I think, is, is, is a talented player as well. Um, yeah, go on then. One nil up Ipswich, one all, and then uh, Ipswich to, to strike a couple of killer blows on, on the counter-attack clinically to finish Three it off. Three one would be tremendous, wouldn't it? I'm going to say I, I think Town can win this as well, um, and why not? Look at the stats, look at the form going into the game, and the feeling around both clubs. I'm going to say two one Town. I'd love to see three one. I just think it might be a little bit closer than that. Um, Stewie, any other any anything else to discuss? Um, you're travelling up tomorrow, aren't you, Sunderland? I believe as well. There's there's um I know the boy Ross goes off this week. I, I think he's spending the weekend in Sunderland. Um, I'm told there's some kind of KOA fan social stag do perhaps happening. Um, so look out if you're in Sutherland on, on Saturday night. Um, I don't know if they're, they're staying in Sutherland. your daughters. Or, exactly. Or, if it were me, I'd be going to Newcastle because obviously Newcastle is a legendary night out. I'm not so sure about Sunderland. I've not got a lot of experience of, of being in Sunderland. So, yeah, look out for that. Roscoe and the boys on it. Um, Stewie, what, give us some updates as, as to how you're doing away from football, what you're watching, what's going on in your life? Uh, I'm I'm back at the gym, Mark. Yes, come but on. I'm back at the gym. I'm only a couple of weeks back in at the moment, but um, I'm feeling a lot better for it. I yeah. um, naively tried to replicate my, my sort of regular workout from about six, seven years ago when I was last a regular gym goer and... Uh, was moving like the Tin Man for days afterwards, but I think I'm, I'm starting to find my stride again now. So uh, feeling Super. good on that front. Um, she was, was going to get on telly. I can't remember. I don't think I've watched anything massively at the moment. You found a Narcos? Uh, I I don't know if I've ever. I think I watched the first series. Is it, how deep are we into Narcos now? Very, very deep, going? mate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Narco, it was Narcos first of all. I think there were three series of that with Pablo Escobar, and mm. now it's Narcos Mexico, and we're, we're three seasons deep in that. Tremendous TV. Yeah. Uh, I also discovered. I, I, I think I don't know if you're around when I talked about extraordinary extensions with uh, Tiny Temper. Yeah, Fanta- a bit of fantastic. I've seen, I've seen it since you said. Yeah, there's a new show on Netflix called Baking Impossible, which um, I love. The Bake Off. I'm unashamedly a Bake Off fan. I think that's agreed. That's one of the best bits of TV. It's like putting on a comfy pair of slippers and just slipping into it and enjoying it. Um, and there's a show called Baking Impossible, which is one of the guys who was on the Bake Off, I think three or four years ago now, lad, uh, Northern Irish lad, um, who's an engineer, works for Rolls-Royce in Derby. Uh, and it's basically what he calls bacon baconeering. Yeah, baconeering. That's not bacon. It's baking. Baconeering. So they're set a task. It's one baker, one engineer per team. And they set a task to like make a robot out of cake or something, and they've got they've got to like get it through a, like an assault course, and then they've got to try the cakes that's hidden within the robot or on its head or something. At the end, <laughs> it is as mental as it sounds. It's American, so you can tell it's it's very over the top, but in, in a kind of similar kind of chewing gum for the eyes way. If you're looking for something light and and not to be taken too seriously, Baking Impossible would be my tip. Um, there you go, another TV recommendation. From the same man who brought you extraordinary extensions with Tiny Tempo, which is definitely worth watching as well. Um, friends, 
Please follow us across all our social medias, uh, Kings of Anger on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We've not had one of them for a while. It helps us greatly with the visibility in those charts, in which we like to be top of and getting loads of people introducing themselves to the KOA army. Uh, also subscribe to make sure you get the um, the podcast first in your feed. And also please support our sponsor, Manscaped. Use the code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. And hey, come up to Christmas now. Um, chance to start thinking about Christmas gifts with 20% off. Um, your other half, your dad, you know, there's all sorts of opportunities there at, at Manscaped. It doesn't have to just be below the waist grooming. could be that that nose and ear hair issue, which I'm encountering now. You've got uh, boxer shorts, you've got cologne, you've got all sorts of potions. Great clobber at Manscaped. Get yourself involved. Um, Siri, I reckon that's going to be it. We said about half an hour. It's a mini pod. We wanted to make sure that you had something ahead of the, the Sunderland game. We've talked about Oldham, uh, we've talked about Packout Portman Road, and we've talked about Sunderland. We both think they're going to win. Um, Stewie, any message for your fans before we take our leave? <laughs> <laughs> That's a ridiculous question. Any message for my fans? Um, no. Okay, excellent. That's a, that's a good point to leave it on. Ho- ho- hopefully, I can work out how to upload this. If not, this will never see the light of day. If it, if it does... Um, as I say, hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, and apologies for the lack of music and indeed the rave outro, which I've got no idea how to add. We'll be back to normal next week, Monday, when uh, when Hutchie's back and Ross is back. The tech guys, the upload guys, as well as the talent. Um, so have a great weekend. If you're going to Sunderland, enjoy it. What a game it's going to be. And we'll speak to you again next time. <laughs>